DiscerningHearts.com presents Inside the Pages, insights from today's most compelling authors. I'm your host, Chris McGregor, and I'm delighted to be joined by Father Vincent Lampert. Father Lampert is an ordained priest for the Archdiocese of Indianapolis. He currently serves as a pastor of St. Michael and St. Peter Parishes in Brookville, Indiana. In 2005, he was appointed the exorcist for the Archdiocese of Indianapolis. He has received his training in Rome and is a member of the International Association of Exorcists. With Father Vincent Lampert, we go inside the pages of Exorcism, The Battle Against Satan and His Demons, published by Emmaus Road. We now continue with part two of our conversation. It's so important to have that pastoral heart, isn't it, for the person you're dealing with, you being a pastor. Because the ultimate goal is for that soul to be healed and be in union with Christ. Because it ultimately be Christ who can vanquish and protect from that evil. So part of your job, very real way, you're a class A spiritual director as well, aren't you? In helping them to be able to heal and then to be able to walk again with Christ. But the big challenge right there, Chris, is a lot of people that are dealing with the demonic don't want to walk with Christ. They just want the exorcist to make their problem go away, but they don't want to make any commitment to Christ. And I do see a growing trend today, especially since faith is in decline, especially here in the Western world, that people are viewing the exorcist as a type of magician. Somehow I have a bag of tricks, I can make their problems go away, but they certainly don't want to make a commitment to Christ. And that's such a key ingredient because, again, it's not just about casting evil out. One has to invite God in. That's very clear in Luke's gospel where it talks about once the demon has been cast out, it goes and wanders through the arid wasteland and then coming back and finding the house swept clean, meaning that void wasn't filled with with the presence of God. Then it goes and finds seven other demons worse than itself, and they come back and take up residence in the person. So again, it's not just about casting evil out, it's inviting God in. There are, I'm going to refer again to deliverance ministry, that if it's not ordered properly in that line of authority, that it can cause, as you said, that type of damage where you think you might have outwitted the devil and you've cast him out, you've Mm -hmm. left the place open for so much more havoc. There's a sense... Uh, Many people who might read this book think, well, I have certain powers to be able to cast out. But in your book, you make it really clear the, the line where, yes, you do through the use of scripture, through the use of sacraments and the ordinary, but be careful of the spiritual pride that may say you can take on your role as an exorcist. Because I have people tell me that they have the authority to cast out demons by virtue of their baptism. But again, if you're trying to defeat the devil and you're being disobedient to the successor of the apostles, the local bishop, that's a recipe for disaster. One cannot be disobedient and believe that they're going to defeat the devil. He's so much smarter than many of us little ones. And he's got all the time in the world. To be able to, I mean, he may. He's you, right. He's not on a timeline. Nope. You know, he knows that his 
his reign is for a period until the end. We don't know when the end is coming. But yeah, you're right. He is. Uh, he's very. He can be very, very methodical, and very patient. Just when we think that we believe that we're in control, we come to realize that we're the puppet on the string, and you know the devil has been, you know, playing us all along. I've known in some quarters where there. Well, actually, I was sitting on a plane once coming back from. Italy. I'd made a little pilgrimage to my one of my dear spiritual friends, Catherine of Siena. On that plane ride on the way back, I just happened to be sitting next to an exorcist. It, it was totally unexpected, but we had a mutual friend and we were discussing this type of activity. And he said, you know, you have to be very careful about what you ask for because the devil will give it to you. I think in some ways when we pray, for example, for certain gifts, well, I wish I had the power to be able, like Catherine, to cast out this and, or to be able to do certain things. Catherine, I think, would tell you to have the disposition of Our Lady, whatever he's going to give you, and you don't own anything. It's all God's divine gift. About a disposition of heart, isn't it? It is. I think of the, uh, you just mentioned Our Blessed Mother, you know, uh, what are the final words that she ever speaks in Scripture? It's at the wedding feast at Cana in Galilee where she says, do whatever he tells you. And she sums up again the importance of obedience in all of us. And again, that sense of humility. And uh, I think those are key ingredients in the spiritual life, especially if one's going to do this ministry. Absolutely. I mean, the thing is, someone like a Catherine of Siena or even a Hildegard von Bingen it's so interesting. Uh, Hildegard was said to be able to have uh, this particular charism to be able to cast out demons. But the thing is, she never did it alone. She only did it when it was under authority that her, her superior knew. And she would be surrounded by priests. There was actually rites that she would write in context, and the priests would have to be with her in these situations. Mm-hmm. And her bishop and even her pope knew about her ability and acknowledged it. So this is one of those things that it has to be done under the authority. You have to be able to trust the bishop when you go. And if he says no, that's okay. And if he says yes, well, then I'm sure he'll give you the tools that you need. The reason I bring that up is because when you're dealing with people that are suffering from some of these other manifestations of the evil one, you have oppression, you have obsession, but then also possession. And that's a very tender, tender, very challenging area. And I would imagine, if you don't mind me asking, I mean, you probably have experienced those. Oh, absolutely. Again, when you see the amount of suffering that people are going through, through uh, when they're demonically possessed, your heart can't help but go out to them. So you want to help them in any way that you can. But I always like to tell people there's no such thing as an emergency exorcism because it's a right. There's a prescribed way that it should be done. The proper, you know, steps need to be taken beforehand because just to rush in to me in those situations, the devil still has the upper hand. So if I'm going to do an exorcism again, certainly permission from the, from my bishop, prepare myself, you know, spend time in prayer, go to confession, celebrate mass, determine where the exorcism will take place, always in a sacred space, determine who's going to be there. There's no such thing as exorcism tourism. 
So the people that are present are there to pray. And again, when all the proper steps are taken, evil is nothing to fear. And to have the complete confidence that liberation will be achieved for this person, always on God's timing. You know, there are some people that I prayed with once and the demons cast out others over the course of a year. But again, God will always make the determination when liberation will be achieved. And even if it takes a while, each session, each exorcism prayer will bring some level of relief in the life of the person who is suffering. It's such a challenging ministry. I think that's probably an understatement because it does require patience, doesn't it? It's Mary entire of knots. It can be because it can go back to somebody we may not even realize. As you said, those doors have been opened and you have to shut each door. There might be many, many different doors. Yeah, you know, when, it, when I did my training in Rome, I recall one of the exorcisms where the demon gave the priest the false sense that it had been cast out just so that the priest would stop praying. Now, the priest who was training me was well-seasoned enough to know that this was a ploy of the devil because, you know, the demon's like, thank you, Father, for praying for me today. And you would have thought that it was this individual, but the priest knew that it was the demon. And then finally the demon got, you know, so flabbergasted because the priest would not stop praying and just said, I told you I was free, now stop praying. And just kind of let out a growl and a snarl and that type of thing. But again, that's where being, uh, you know, well-trained, knowing what you're doing, because somebody that may not have had that level of expertise, I thought, oh, okay, everything's okay now, we can stop praying. But then the person really wasn't held that the demon was the one who was trying to control the situation. I love the book to the extent that the bibliography in the back is awesome. Thank you for having that. All the different books that you have used and recommendations. One that popped out at me right away was, it may surprise you, Evagoras Ponticus. I thought, yes, this is perfect, because we have a lot of, of tools ourselves when we are in those situations where we're just maybe afraid or we're not certain. And as you bring forward, just knowing the scriptures and like our Lord in the desert, in his temptation, you just talk back with the scriptures. Remember those scriptures. That's the sacred word, isn't it? It is. The word of God defeats the devil. So we need to know the word of God. And, you know, that's how when Jesus was being tempted at the beginning of his public ministry, you know, he use the word of God. Even the devil tried to use the word of God, but certainly had it in a twisted sense. But Jesus put it in its right context. So the word of God is very powerful. And that's why I think it's so important for Catholics to take the opportunity, you know, to pick up the Bible again, pick up the catechism, do anything that we can to have a better understanding of the word of God. And that's even the approach I tried to take in my book was not to sensationalize what the devil's trying to do, but to ground everything in the Word of God and the theology of the church. Because, again, the devil is nothing to fear. Demons are nothing to fear. You know, the analogy I always give is, you know, you know, the devil's like a cockroach. You turn on the light and he's, you know, he scatters for the closest crack or crevice to crawl into. And certainly the light that's being thrown on in exorcism is the light of Christ. For these people who are in darkness, 
and allowing them to be set free by Christ, who is the light of the world. Also, the great practice of Marian devotion. I mean, when in doubt, run to Our Lady. Like, <laughs> run to Mama, crawl on and grab her around the waist and just hold on, because like you said, devil could not touch the Blessed Mother because she's full of grace. Yeah, and the rosary, I like one of my images. It is, it's a lifeline. It's like a rope that's thrown out that we grab onto that's going to pull us out of whatever hole that we're in so that we can experience the freedom that God wants all of his children to have. So the rosary is a very powerful prayer. Frequenting the sacraments, drawing close to that. And also, do we appreciate the power of prayer and in particular fasting? I know we fast on Fridays during Lent, kind of, but do we know the real power of being able to vanquish because of our fasts? Yeah, and that's even one of the accounts in scriptures when the, the disciples asked why they couldn't cast the demon out. Jesus said, well, this type requires prayer and fasting. And I think the reason that fasting is so important is that, you know, by going without, we're creating an emptiness a physical emptiness within ourselves, reminding us that ultimately it is God who satisfies the deepest longings of the human heart. We'll return to Inside the Pages in just a moment. Did you know that Discerning Hearts has a free app in which you can find all your favorite Discerning Hearts programming? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Deacon James Keating, Mike Aquilina, Dr. Matthew Bunsen, and so many more are found on the Discerning Hearts free app. Did you also know that you can stream Discerning Hearts programming on numerous streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and so many more. And did you know that Discerning Hearts also has the YouTube page? Be sure to check out all these different places where you can find Discerning Hearts. From a letter from St. Paul to the Ephesians, Chapter 6. Be strengthened in the Lord in the might of his power. Put on the armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our wrestling is not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities and the powers, against the world rulers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness on high. Therefore, take up the armor of God so that you may be able to resist the evil every day and stand in all things perfect. Stand, therefore having girded your loins with truth, and having put on the breastplate of justice, and having your feet shod with the readiness of the gospel of peace, in all things taking up the shield of faith, with which you may be able to quench all fiery darts of the most wicked one. And take for yourself the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit that is the Word of God. With all prayer and supplication, pray at all times in the Spirit, and be vigilant in all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Hello, my name is Deacon Omar Gutierrez, and I want to ask you to support Discerning Hearts in a special way. 
We, Chris McGregor, the board, and I all know that not everyone listening can help financially. We know we have listeners from all parts of the world, and we have made a commitment since the beginning to make the truths shared through Discerning Hearts totally free. So while you may not be able to contribute financially, what you can do is certainly pray, but also give us positive reviews on whatever platform you use to listen to us. If it's iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, however it is that you get these podcasts, or if you're on YouTube and you like our videos, please give us a good rating and write a review. The more good ratings and reviews we get, the higher our profile, and the more listeners will discover us, listeners who may have the means to contribute in the future. Please consider rating us and writing a positive review today. We now return to Inside the Pages. The great archangels. I bet the angels are your good friends. <laughs> the holy angels, that is. Absolutely, yes. My, one of my parishes is St. Michael's here in Brookville, Indiana, so that seems to be appropriate. And uh, was able to celebrate Mass today already in honor of the archangels. And one of my favorite prayers is the, uh, the litany of St. Michael. So I like to pray that, and I pray that every day. So it's a very powerful prayer, at least for me. Father, in today's world, if we would have had this conversation a year ago in 2019, could we have even foreseen, this isn't just a smack on culture, but just our world, the activity, the tension, the fear, the anxiety, is there any doubt that the enemy is running rampant right now in all quarters and even in some areas i hate to say it in the church the church universal there is a lot of fear and anger right now well the devil is an opportunist so he will take advantage of any situation that humanity finds itself finds itself in and uh will try to fracture things even more you know christ came to give give us community he gave us the church the devil wants division and brokenness and we see that so rampant in the world today and that's why really i think exorcism is a ministry that shouldn't scare anyone because it's really about enhancing faith in the lives of people and allowing people to grow even more deeply in their commitment to god i remember you know when pope benedict was in office we were experiencing the big economic crisis and he said that the economic crisis was just a symptom of a greater crisis, namely that God no longer had his rightful place in the world. And that if we wanted to fix the economic crisis, the solution was to get to the core root of the problem and then to make sure that God was truly being honored and glorified and had his rightful place. And again, you look at the world in which we live today and faith seems to be so much in decline. And I think the devil has taken advantage of that situation, just tried to advance his own kingdom. It ultimately comes down, we have to get ourselves in line. It starts with each one of us then to help our brothers and sisters in faith, to bring them yeah. to that light. Because the only person we can change in life is ourselves. You know, so we should look at ourselves in the mirror, each one of us, and just say, am I the person that God wants me to be? And if all of us are honest with ourselves, we know there's some room for improvement. And then just to make that commitment to God, you know, I do Bible study in my parish every Wednesday evening, and we've been reading the, the 12 minor prophets in the Old Testament. And 
one of the common themes seems to be that God doesn't necessarily expect us to be perfect all the time, but he does expect us to repent. In other words, to acknowledge our sinfulness and our need for him. And whenever we call out to God, to have the confidence that he's going to respond because God is love. So God is always ready to forgive, to extend his mercy and kindness to each and every one of us. But we do have to acknowledge the fact that we are sinners. And I think that's the danger today is that people no longer can call sin a sin. We try to justify everything that we do, even if it's contrary to God. And that's one of the points I, I point out in my book is that there seems to be three guiding principles today that people live by, which are you may do whatever you wish. Nobody has the right to command you and you're the God of yourself. And again, that is a recipe for inviting the devil in. So, Father, in closing our conversation today, those who are out there who are listening and who feel they have a need because something is just so out of control or they're scared or they, they feel they're experiencing something, could you give them some advice on what to do first? What's the first thing they should do? I think the best thing that anyone can do is to go and talk to your local parish priest. Just go and just talk about what you're dealing with. You know, don't tell the priest you think you're possessed. Most priests don't know how to respond to that. And it might create barriers. Just say, I'm going through a spiritual crisis and I just need to be able to talk some things out. And then be receptive to going to confession. You know, again, just recognizing the fact that you know, once we can name a sin in our life, you know, if we've done something wrong that's invited the devil in or the things we've been doing, you know, playing with a Ouija board or, you know, watching certain types of entertainment on TV that glamorize evil, reading certain types of literature, just own it. Because I think anytime we can own something, we give it over to God. And once we give it over to God, the devil can no longer use it against us. So just talking to your local priest, I think, is the best advice that I could give. Father, for somebody who battles the enemy every day, you seem pretty peaceful. You seem like you're a peace-filled person. Don't we wish we all could have that sense of peace? Well, it goes back to what I said. I really think that the ministry has helped me to rediscover priesthood as a vocation, as a calling from God. So I don't necessarily like to sweat small stuff. And uh, yeah. And I also believe that the devil is nothing to fear. You know, today we're celebrating the Feast of the Archangels. And, you know, just in a couple of days, we're going to celebrate the Feast of the Guardian Angels. And I like to remind people that your guardian angel is more powerful than the devil himself. Because your guardian angel you know, is obedient to God. And even though it may come from the ninth choir of angels and the devil may have come from the first choir, but the fact that your guardian angel is living according to God's plan, you know, your guardian angel's will has become united with God's will. That makes your guardian angel more powerful than an angel who's going against the will of God. So turning to our guardian angels is a powerful thing. Wow. That is incredible. And they never leave you. You're nope. never alone. You always have them. 
That's beautiful. And that tells us the great love that God has for us. And I think that's what gives me my grounding, my sense of peace in the midst of all of this. You know, I, I'm not terrified of evil. Somebody jumps out at me behind a corner, I'm going to jump and be startled. But I'm not terrified of what the devil may try to do. Again, I know that the power of God is greater than the power of evil. Wow, Father. Any final thoughts? I just think I, I would just reiterate that once again, that evil is nothing to fear. Again, you know, if somebody believes they're dealing with the demonic in their life, you know, just go and talk about that with your local priest who can then give you guidance and direction. But people should remember again that if you're dealing with evil, it can be overcome. God has a great love for all of us. Focus on God's love, not on what the devil is trying to do to unravel or to destroy your life. Amen. Father Vincent Lampert, thank you so very much. Yes, my pleasure to be with you today. With Father Vincent Lampert, we've gone inside the pages of Exorcism, The Battle Against Satan and His Demons. To learn more about this book or to obtain a copy, go to Emmaus Road Publishing, the website for its publisher, Emmaus Road, or you can find it at any fine Catholic bookstore. To hear and or to download this conversation along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com or you can find it within the Discerning Hearts free app. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about discerninghearts.com and join us next time for Inside the Pages, Insights from Today's Most Compelling Authors. <laughs>